What's up? How's it going, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to episode number five of the Everyday Growth Podcast with your host, me, Anthony J. Here we search out individuals who have had growth in one way or another during their lifetime. Our next guest has had his plate full for quite some time now, receiving his bachelor's in psychology only to turn right around and work a hell of a lot harder, I might add you, for his master's in food and nutrition sciences. You think after all that he'd be done? Well, that is just a start, my friends. He is now going through his internship to become a registered dietitian. Not only that, he has his own podcast called the Thrive by Nutrition Podcast, where he spits a ton of great and useful information all the time. He also runs his own business named, coincidentally, Thrive by Nutrition. Please welcome to the show, and don't embarrass him just because it's his first podcast, a cool cat that I'm looking forward to meeting one day and cracking open a few beers and having a ton of fucking laughs, my guy, Joey Gast. Welcome to the show, my man. What's up? Dude, <laughs> I'm so happy to be on here, and that was an, an amazing intro. I don't think I could top that in a million years. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I was kind of nervous to jump on first because like he mentioned already, this is my first podcast, but um, I'm grateful to be popping that cherry now and, you know, getting on my first podcast as a guest and, you know, being able to talk some shit with you. So hell yeah, man, I'm super excited to have you on and actually finally get to see you face to face. Joey and I have been I guess you could say IG, my hands are in the air, quote unquote, friends for quite some time. We're kind of in the same space as far as like nutrition coaching goes and helping people through their nutrition. And I honestly can't put my finger on how you and I came across our IG pages. Do you know how? Or just kind of like through Tommy and everybody, we kind of just. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I Like I know I've obviously followed uh, Tony, Tony Stefan for a oh, while okay. now, a few years. Yeah. Uh, so. I know I started following some of the people that he was working with because I was interested in like what they were doing. Um, so I don't know if it was Tommy at first or if, have you ever followed um, Trevor Lomax at all? And yeah. Commenting on his stuff. Yeah. Um, so it might've been through either Tommy or Trevor where I saw your page and then uh, gave you a follow. I can't quite remember, but yeah, something down the road. So uh, Joey guys, Joey and I uh, were talking before this for a couple minutes and like, I just had to cut him off right in the middle. Cause we just started getting into some, <laughs> some really good shit that we should probably just talk about. But this cat just got back from his honeymoon because this cat just got married, man. Give me a little overview on that. And uh, how was your wedding and everything, my man? Yeah. So uh, we've been married for, well, I think it'll be three weeks come tomorrow. Um, it It was a perfect day, honestly. Like friends, family, everything went really smooth. Um, nothing major went wrong through the whole entire day. Uh, and then we ended up hopping on a plane literally this next morning. Um, we had to leave our apartment at 430 in the morning to go hop on a plane to Aruba. We were there for a, a week. Weather was beautiful. Uh, sun, sunshine every single day, nice breeze, plenty of uh, drinks, you know, enjoying ourselves, plenty of food. And uh, it was an amazing time. That's awesome, man. Hey, did you, I remember one of your posts, I was just about to ask this, did you, how much weight did you gain on your, uh, on your, on your trip? Oh man, I came back and <laughs> I stepped on the scale and I, I think it, it was either six or seven pounds. It might've been seven that I gained in that week. And I was like, you know what? I knew that was going to happen. Like I told myself before I went that I wasn't even going to care. Like I'm only going on my honeymoon once, mm -hmm. you know, 
unless something else happens now i'm just kidding yeah definitely only going on a honeymoon once uh hopefully hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this but uh uh yeah only only once and i figured i would just enjoy it you know eat eat the food the food was amazing have some drinks the drinks were amazing and uh you know it's gaining a few pounds in a week it's not going to make a big difference in your you know whole entire life or your journey so it, it was worth it 100 percent. do it over again 10 times how was the uh how was the food where you were at and like what were you basically eating for that whole week you were there for a week right seven full days or six nights or something like that yeah oh man the food was incredible like every single night for dinner we had like a different type of restaurant we went to like we went to italian we went to um just kind of like a mix of everything like they had steak pasta um variety of things and then we went to um a mexican restaurant too uh so we had those three that we kind of rotated through the whole entire week but food was fantastic wake up every morning have a huge breakfast and then there were buffets all around the resort and they were all inclusive so everything was all inclusive already paid for so you could go in the buffets get as much food you wanted order as much food at the restaurants you wanted and you didn't have to worry about paying anything extra other than tips so you know food was definitely abundant there that's for sure dude that's what i'm saying man like i've never been like i was telling you before this where i start before we started recording on the podcast like i've never been anywhere like mexico or anywhere like aruba or anywhere like that if i had to go it'd have to be like all inclusive and just know that i'm trying to gain like 10 pounds if i do something like that. <laughs> you know like yeah. how, how can you not want to just be like I'm going to, I'm going to gorge myself with food and drinks for the next six days. Yeah, Why exactly. wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Oh, all inclusive is 100% the way to go. Uh, I actually went to Cancun for my bachelor party a couple weeks before that. And, uh, I actually didn't gain any weight on that trip. And I was, I was only there for, uh, like four or five days though. So it was a little shorter, but we were drinking a hell of a lot more, uh, during, you know, those four to five days. But, um, I think the reason why like I didn't gain any weight is because we never really ate lunch. We just kind of ate a big breakfast, hanging around the pool the whole entire day, and then we didn't eat dinner. But when I was on my honeymoon, we would eat lunch basically every single day. So just like not having that one meal in there uh, when I was in Cancun, just was a, I was able to maintain my weight the whole time, even though I was not making, you know, healthy choices, quote unquote. Yeah. And why, and why would you too? You know, like those are definitely two times in anybody's life who's listening to this, you should probably just say, fuck it all and just go for it. And you, you know, don't go to the fucking gym that's there. Like, just have fun, you know, don't even try yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny coming from, coming from me because I'd be like, you can, you can maintain, like, just go have fun. It's your wedding. It's your bachelor party. Like, go just fucking go and have fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's all, it's all about what you're okay with. Like if, if you know, you're going to be down on yourself and, pissed off at yourself when you come back if you gain weight then you know maybe you should pay attention to these variables and you know make sure you do maintain your weight but I knew like I was perfectly fine with coming back and being five pounds heavier if that happened as long as I enjoyed myself to the fullest so that's what I did are you is your weight back down uh it's it's down a couple pounds I think I got back and it was it was like pushing like 200 ish and now I'm back down to like 196 and a half 197 um, but I haven't like, I haven't been restricting food at all since I got back. I haven't really been trying to get it back down. I'm just trying to eat enough to really fuel my performance. Cause like, that's kind of where my head's at right now. I really just want to increase my performance over these next six months to a year. And I'm not going to 
worry about trying to be shredded really. Yeah. How did your, uh, how did your, how long and how did your fat loss phase go? I know you, you had documented that. Um, guys, if you didn't see that, Joe, you went on, he documented, I don't know how long you did that for, but you actually, you lost a considerable, considerable amount of weight. You actually look at the end of that. You looked it was totally crazy. Like your stomach and your body and your back, like everything came together, man. How long was that? Uh, that was, that was a really long time. Uh, that was, I started, I think the beginning of January and I think I really, I really ended about probably May, the beginning of May. That's kind of when I stopped. So like five months ish. And I went from like 205 ish to about 190. So 15 pounds in five months, which is really slow, honestly, compared to like what a lot of people uh, try to lose. And even it's pretty slow to what like I usually try to lose. But, you know, just with with school, like I, I was unbelievably stressed those whole five months. Uh, so like some days I wasn't 100% on with my nutrition where I wanted to, but I was okay with the process just taking a little slower if that's, you know, how it worked out. And I was happy with where I ended up afterwards. So, yeah, I think, I think uh, a lot of people that are in the same boat as you or can kind of like understand what you just said, because the fact that because it was such a long process, like it almost had to be that way because of like your surroundings, right? Like you had school, like you still, you still trained. It's not like you didn't train. It's not like you had this crazy goal of I'm going to lose 30 pounds and get shredded. Like you just wanted to shed some fat, right? Like that's all you wanted to do. And you did it And 15 pounds. Like that's a fucking lot of weight. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a, that's a considerable amount of weight. And then still try to be able to like pull some numbers, like, you know, for your powerlifting and everything. Like, I think that's the right way to go. Like if you would have done it, we always say like, if you would have done it fast from the beginning, like that you could have went backwards almost, you know, like you really could have fucked yourself and your studies and everything. But I think that process, a lot of people want to rush it. You know what I'm saying? So I think by you saying that and documenting it, I think it showed people like it shit takes time, man. It shit takes time. Exactly. Especially when you have kind of an emphasis, like I'm really into like both bodybuilding, like physique and uh, powerlifting. So maintaining my strength is like really important to me when I am cutting. Uh, so I usually take things slower than what a lot of more of people who emphasize mostly on bodybuilding do, uh, just cause they're not so focused on keeping their strength as much. Right. Uh, so I'll like incorporate more refeeds just like right before my heavy training days to make sure, you know, I make the most out of those days or I'll do more diet breaks during the process, maybe more than what I actually need, but I'll do like a diet break in like my week or two of like really hard training in, um, you know, my mesocycle or whatever I'm running. So I really, you know, I take a step back on my fat loss a little bit sometimes during the process to make sure I'm trying to capitalize more on my strength. Uh, so that's another reason why it tends to take a little longer when I do it compared to someone who's focused mostly on bodybuilding. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And it, even just like, even for me right now too, like I'm going for, through a, a small cut. Now I just, I just, really want to drop some some body weight you know I really want to drop some fat and I talked to you know Justin Lawrence I'm talking to him too he's kind of like when I'm freaking out I kind of you know give him a call and he kind of like uh-huh. you know, kind of steers the boat a little bit like like yesterday every Thursday I like to go to a local restaurant that's right down the street you know like I talked to all the the local yokels and everything I have a couple of beers with these guys that are all you know banging nails and shit all day it's like it's like my, my time to, to relax it's my time I go by myself you know, I listen to some podcasts, I walk mm-hmm. there, and I walk home. Um, and it's like, that's my time. 
And I talked to Justin yesterday and I was like, you know what, man, I'm, I'm doing so well this week. I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to cut it out. I don't want to go. I'm going to push, I'm going to push farther. This is my one time to kind of eat back to maintenance and or a little bit of a surplus. And I'm cool with that because, mm. you know, I have the, I have the right mindset and the mentality to be like, I know what I'm doing. I know I have to lose some weight. I should probably have this refeed. I should probably enjoy this because I'm not going to have it again until a week later. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, Justin, I'm not going to do it. He's like, why the fuck wouldn't you do it? Yeah. He's like, you need to go do that. Like, it's part of the process. Like, you'll burn the fuck out. He's like, if you go strict for three more days, that means you went beyond strict for seven to 10 days. Yeah. He's like, dude, you're going to freak. You're going to binge. He's like, you're going to go for it one day and you're going to be like, okay, that was dumb. Yeah. No, that's, that's actually really funny that you say that. Cause yeah, even myself, like, like I'm pretty methodical with everything I do with my nutrition training and can stick with it, but you always second guess yourself sometimes. And, uh, if you don't feel like the scale is moving as fast or you just can't see the progress you want in the mirror, like right away, sometimes you get very, uh, erotic with changing your numbers and not doing the scheduled refeed like you had. And, then, you know, maybe you can go, you feel like you can go another couple of days without a refeed, but then you have to put that refeed on like a random day that you're not used to putting it on. You don't get to, you know, hang out with, hang out with the guys during that time. And then you have that refeed day there. And then you just, it's not as satisfying because you didn't get to go through your normal routine with it. And then the next time you're scheduled to have that refeed is just like three days later then. So you end up having like two refeeds within a few days instead of separating them out by a week, if that makes sense. Um, which just can completely like throw off your rhythm with everything. And then you're like, wow, why did I do that? Why didn't I just have the repeat initially? And so that's why it's, it's important to, you know, if you find yourself changing things too much with your own plan, when you're not supposed to, to get somebody to help you out. Like, like you said, talking to Justin to kind of get your head on straight when you are kind of second guessing those things and, don't want to stick to the plan sometimes um, or hire a nutrition coach or something like that. Yeah. It's, I think it's a great thing to be said, like coaches need coaches too. And it's not just, we don't even have to put like the quote, the coach title on it. It's just someone that's in the same space who has gone through it and or going through it and, or is a little bit like on your side with it, but it's going to give you that hard truth. You know, like you have to understand, like I've only been cutting for less than a month now. And I already, like the first two weeks, I'm like, damn, I'm freaking out. You know, like I'm only doing like my heavy, my heavy carbs, my heavy starches, like before and after my training. The rest is kind of like, I wanted to limit to fruit and vegetables. I don't eat enough fucking vegetables and fruit. Mm -hmm. I don't, most of us don't. Right. I'm trying to get my three, four in a day and I'm trying to eat. Now I'm incorporating like um, vegetables with breakfast, you know, and that's something I've, I've never really done. I always eat a fast breakfast or have like a fucking shake, you know, I'll have like a smoothie with frozen berries and stuff. Like I love fruit, but I don't eat enough of it. I don't eat enough vegetables. So Mm -hmm. like I'm going that route too, where it's like my rice and potatoes only before and after I train. And then that's it. The rest is like, I want veggies and fruit, which I think it's like a a really cool, you know, it's a cool plan that I have. I'm like, I want to do that, you know, but like while doing that, like you're cutting things out like this, long period of time we're trying to lose weight you got to make some sacrifices can you do what we do i would implore you to have refeed days and to have your friday wine with the girls or have your friday pizza with yeah. the family days like we need that shit like having and i'm glad that we're talking about this right now because just this morning when i stepped on the scale i think i was a pound heavier <laughs> on the scale so that's weight because i ate yeah I, I had some beers i had alcohol last night 
and I had French fries, or I had no, we had pizza, I had pizza last night. So it's just water weight, you know what I'm saying? And now I look back in the mirror when I got home from training, I'm like, oh, you know, I feel great. I feel like there's no stress on me and anything like that, you know yeah, what I'm exactly. saying? But what do you usually do with, um, with your clients now for when people are ready, they're ready for a cut? Like, how do you normally approach them to do that? Do you pull back on the reins a little bit? You just slowly, do you try to talk them into doing it slower than faster? Or like, what's your thesis behind that with all your clients? Behind like how much weight to lose? Like, what's, in, in what's, a, what's the or? plan that you give your clients for like, if they, they're ready for a fat loss cut? Like, what, what's a plan that you, how do you walk them through that? Yeah, so if somebody's, First, I got to make sure they're ready, like you said, to make sure that they're already eating enough food to kind of maintain their body weight. And they're not all like some people want to come to me and they want to lose body fat and they're already eating 500, 600 calories less than what their BMR is or something like that, which is uh, just insane. And they're not really seeing the progress. So we can't, you know, cut anything more away from that because they're going to be such low calories and they're going to feel like crap the entire time and not lose anything. So First and foremost, you got to make sure that, you know, they're eating enough calories to where like you calculate their BMR, figure out their activity level. And they're somewhere around that range. Like obviously calculators aren't hundred percent, but we want them to be, you know, metabolic, metabolically healthy and be able to eat a good amount of food and maintain their weight. Um, and then typically I just talk to them about like, it's going to be a slow process and, you know, we're aiming for about 0.5 to 1% of your weight to go down per week on average. Um, anything faster than that is probably going to lead to more uh, muscle mass loss, which we don't want. And they're just going to feel like crap and they're going to be hungry the whole entire time, tired, stress is going to arise. Uh, so thinking like a small approach, maybe dropping calories by three to 500, depending on where their level is already at. Like if they're, if it's a woman and she's eating maybe 2000 calories a day, maybe just a 300 calorie deficit is, you know, perfect for her to lose the weight that she wants and see the results she wants. Uh, but if it's somebody who is, let's say me or something who I'm eating 3,500 calories a day, like I can maybe drop 600 or 500 calories and, uh, you know, it wouldn't really face me at all. So it's all individual, to like how many calories that person is already eating from the start. Um, but just slow, it, slow decreases. Uh, slow decreases in body weight. If their body weight doesn't change in a one week period, it's not a big deal. Um, we look at more like biofeedback markers, their, how they look in the mirror, their stress, their sleep, how their training's going. I would just try to really focus on other things other than just the number on the scale, like other ways to measure progress, how their clothes are fitting, how confident they feel, um, how they look in the mirror, things like that. And especially a lot of people that come to me, they're beginners and they haven't really been doing this consistently or tracking their nutrition. And they see amazing changes sometimes without even the weight even moving at all. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind too, is that the scale doesn't always have to move for you to see drastic changes in your body, especially if you're somebody who's never tracked your nutrition. You've never hit, you know, one gram per pound or cl even close to that of protein per day. If, you know, if you're significantly under eating protein, and then you automatically, you know, jump up to eating as much protein as what your body actually needs for the activity you're doing. Like you can see huge body recomposition changes without the scale moving at all. Dude, I love that mindset. And that's definitely something that I constantly have to remind myself, if not my clients. Also, we talk about this all the time. It's like, 
Like for, for me, I'm on week three, almost week four. Like the scale hasn't moved. Scale hasn't moved, but I look better in my shirts already. Mm-hmm. And like I've had, and here's a, here's a really good biofeedback marker with everything else that, we, that you just said put aside. I've had more compliments in the past couple of weeks already than I ever have in yeah. the past six months. Like, so it's like one of those things like we won't see it, right? Because like we're so used to staring at the same fucking body like yeah. every day, all, every day, multiple times a day. We look in the mirrors all the time, you yeah. know? We're always looking at pictures of ourselves on our phone or taking fucking selfies. Like take the time to measure, measure your arms, legs and waist and bust, you know, like take your time to do that. I think that's such a better thing. You know, um, last little podcast I had a couple of weeks ago with Tommy, like he likes the tool of the, the scale and I get it. It's a, it's definitely a tool to kind of be like, Hey, you ate pizza last night, go step on the scale first thing in the morning, actually see what that did to you. Yeah. And see like what you're holding on to and then step on it two days later and actually see that it came off just so like you're strengthening that person's mindset. You know what I'm saying? Cause exactly. But I do, I do that dude. Like I used to like tell my clients like step on the scale every day and then we'll take, you know, we'll take the average out of seven days. Like, yeah, that's good if they're ready for it. But like, dude, toss the fucking scale out, man. Take some pictures every two weeks, have your, your friend, loved one, cousin, you know, cousin Jim, Bob, whatever, do some measurements on you, you know, like that's, that's how you yeah. look. Like I love how I look in my shirts already. I'm like, I can't wait till month two. I can't wait. You know, it's one of those things like yeah. we pass up biofeedback. Like I, I feel like everyone just jumps right to the fucking scale, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to get the whole picture. I do like recommend for most of the people that I work with to step on the scale every day and take an average. Um, as long as they don't have, you know, it doesn't stress them out, stress them out and they don't have any kind of negative emotional feelings every time they step on there. Um, if someone's in that, you know, headspace, then we don't really pay attention to it much at all. And, but if somebody's, you know, if they can approach it in a healthy way, I definitely have them step on it just because, um, like you said, I think it's really good to see like, Oh, I had this meal at a restaurant this day and my weight went up three pounds. But then the next day, once I got back to my regular eating schedule, it went down three pounds. And if like the calorie levels are pretty similar, obviously you're, you're just estimating at a restaurant. So you're, you never know, but if somebody gains three pounds in one day, like really the number of 3,500 calories equal equaling a pound of fat, you know, it's pretty close. So if somebody gains three pounds in order for that to be three pounds of fat, they would have to gain or be eating what, 1150 or 1100 or no, 16. Oh gosh, I can't even do math in my head right now. Um, I don't know. They'd have to be eating like 11,000 calories over their maintenance to gain actually three pounds of fat in one day. Uh, so like when we see those jumps, I explained to them, like, that's what you would have to be eating to gain three pounds of fat. And then I kind of explained to them that, you know, our water weight makes up 99% of the weight fluctuations that we see day to day. Um, that's why I like doing averages to kind of flush out that. Um, but it's just, it provides a good teaching moment for people when they see the scale go up and they aren't sure why. And I can explain to them, like, it's, it's just water. Like if you are out at a restaurant, you're probably eating a lot more sodium and wherever sodium goes, water is going to go. Um, and you're going to hold on to that for, you know, a day, maybe a couple of days, maybe even three days. But eventually once you get back to your, you know, regular eating schedule and you're not eating such high sodium, um, it's, it's going to balance out. And, uh, I like being able to see that trend and explain that to them. So then, you know, next time they do step on the scale, like if they're not working with me or something and they see a big jump, they think, well, what did I eat yesterday? And then they realize like, 
oh, I ate, you know, half of a pizza or a large pizza or something. And then they're like, you know, that's a lot of sodium in that pizza. That's probably why I'm holding on to this water. Dude, 100%, man. I, I do love it as a teaching tool. Um, I would just, I, I guess I say this all the time and all you guys always correct me, but I would just love for people to kind of let go of the scale in general and kind of free their mind with like, you know, like how they're actually thinking about, about these things, you know, like mm -hmm. it doesn't define you, you know, like yeah. scale doesn't define you and you shouldn't let that thing define you too, you know, like, and I feel the stress, like, like you said, like, of course the people have to be, um, you know, have a, a sound mind when they do step on it every single day. Like when we do ask them to take an average because you know, on Monday after the long weekend, you might be a little heavier and then you only weigh yourself, you know, on a Friday. Well, there's a lot in between there that we forget about. And just mm. because it says, let's just say it says 200 on Friday and it said, you know, 202 on Monday, we, you know, there's so much left in the middle there that, you know, people yeah. need to understand, like, it's the same thing with calories, right? Like it's an average of calories throughout the week. You get a lot of amount of calories for the week. You want to cut some out. You want to add some in, you know, this meal is going to be here. You know, it's like, just play around with it. It's like a bank account, but it's like one of those things that I would let, I would like to see. And I think that's going to be one of my goals now that I just come up with it. Like in this space, I'd like to have people understand the freedom, right? Like we have to have okay. freedom. Like we were just, we began this podcast with talking about ourselves and how we put in those refeed days. Like, dude, that's freedom right there. Like that's yeah. freedom. People have to understand. I think people hold on to things so damn tight these days that like they're staring at that scale. Or like they're staring at themselves in the mirror so much and you need to have outside opinions. Like you need to ask somebody like, Hey, honestly, have you seen that change me in the past month or two? Because, and you ask someone who doesn't have a biased fucking opinion too. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. ask someone that couldn't completely say like, Hey, Joey, guess what, man? You look like shit, bro. Like yeah. I need to do something. You know what I'm saying? I would hope you tell me that too. Be like, Hey bro, I saw that post on Instagram the other day. Like, well, let's cut back on them donuts, my man. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I think that's great though. Uh, how do you, do you challenge your um? You challenge your client's mindset too. Do you have you work with them with that? Yeah, definitely. That's that's a huge thing, especially with people just getting in uh, to the space. They have this mindset where, like, they can't have their favorite foods. They have to eat, you know, rice, chicken, broccoli every single day. They have this mindset where, you know, the scale. Like I said before, like the scale, they go it goes up three pounds in one day, and they oh, they must have like completely ruined their diet. They don't know what's going on. And um, a lot of people also have this mindset to where they have to exercise like crazy in order to see results. And they're in the gym for two plus hours every single day, like six to seven days a week. And then they, they talk about how they aren't that happy with their physical activity. Like they feel like they could have done more. I'm like, you probably could cut back on your physical activity a little bit and just do things that are less strenuous. Just like, even just like go shopping. Maybe you don't even have to spend money, but just go and just look at a bunch of things. Like go walk around the mall or something with, you know, your spouse or significant other or friends. Um, go take your dog to the dog park and walk around with them there or take your dog on a walk, things like that. Like that'll do so much more for you than just killing yourself in the gym for hours and hours every single day because you know when you're doing those things you're getting activity and you're also like de-stressing your body when when you're in the gym and you're in there for three plus hours a day you're stressing the hell out of your body um so it's like it has a very low recovery cost doing all those other things by just going on walks um and it gets you the same result 
because you know we don't really burn that many calories when we're in the gym anyway dude it's funny you said that because the last podcast uh we talked about that you know like we talked about like 70 percent of your calories that you burn throughout the day is just that's just what you do it's just you walking around it's just you working it's just your stress it's it's what it is, you know, and that's a huge percentage. I think a lot of people don't understand that. And I think it was something like five or 10% of your calories is actually from the gym. Like, yeah. which makes sense, right? Because we spend the least amount of time in the gym. Yeah, it's stressful. We have to, you know, put the pressure on us to create that diamond, right? We have to put that pressure on our muscles to make them grow. So like, we have to do that. We have to go to gym. We have to lift weights. That's very, very, very healthy for you. But like, it's a very, very small percentage that is actually burned in the gym. And not to mention, like you just said, the stress, your cortisol levels like are through the fucking roof at that time. So why are you spending more time in the gym? You know, yeah. like you have to understand, like, and that's the thing too. Like I've come across a couple of clients of mine that were shift workers and they're like, well, dude, I work out five times a week. I'm a shift worker. And I'm like, hold the phone. You work out five times a week and you're a shift worker. Like, A, how do you have the, and your nutrition sucks. It's like, A, how do you find the, how do you find the energy? Well, I just do it, man. I grind through it. I'm like, okay, we're going to, we're not going to do that. Like, we're not going to grind through your workouts. We're not going to grind through your days anymore. You're already grinding. You're a shift worker. That's like the worst thing you could possibly fucking do to your body. You know what I'm saying? And it's so funny because when you pull that back and actually put them in two to three days in the gym instead of five on the days where they get the most sleep and have them go from like bodybuilding style to like, let's do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, full body workouts. Like, dude, the change is literally overnight. It's overnight, man. It's just so wild what happens when, like, mm. you have to understand, like, the way to a better body is, like, it ain't the stress. You know, like, it's not the stress yeah. that, that's not that bad stress that we're talking about. Like, of course, you have to, you know, coal and diamonds and yeah. all that cool shit. But you have, like, it's not the fucking seven days a week, the hour-long cardio sessions, all that stuff that, quote-unquote, like, fitness magazines tell you and society tells you to do is completely wrong yeah oh definitely there, there are so many things that you just said that i would love to just go in on right now um <laughs> feel free my man man i don't even know where to start well i i like really i guess the part about just being in the gym like we already mentioned for hours like when when you're in a gym especially if you're lifting and doing a lot of bodybuilding stuff like you're you're actually in a state where, you know, you're breaking down muscle or you're, you know, you're in muscle catabolism and it's like, you're going to prolong that state for, you know, three hours total when those, that extra, I don't know, we're getting to like a training right here, but like the extra, like two hours that you're doing after the first hour, like you're not getting like any benefit to like building muscle in those extra two hours. Like the, the most benefit you're 99.9% of, even more of the benefit you're going to get. You're going to get in the first hour. And then the rest of the volume or the reps and sets you do after that first hour, it's just junk volume. It's not really doing anything for you. It's just hindering your recovery. And then it's just prolonging the amount of time before you can actually like have another meal and actually start the repair process to, you know, recover and actually build muscle. Um, and so you're just constantly just breaking down muscle when it's like, if you would actually just go to the gym for an hour, work hard, and then you know, go, go home, relax. That's what you want to do is you want to relax because that, then you can start the recovery process, go for a walk. That's not very taxing. It's relaxing. And you're not going to be breaking down muscle when you're going for a walk. So like, even in that case, it's going to be overall better for body composition to 
you know, go to the gym for an hour, maybe push to an hour and a half, depending on what style of lifting you're, do, you're doing. Cause I know some people are like, like power lifters. Once you, you know, if you have a heavy deadlift day and you're warming up to like 500, it takes a long time to do that. But um, if you're just doing strictly like bodybuilding stuff, like three sets of, you know, eight to 12 reps, somewhere around there, like you don't need to be in there for three hours. And uh, I really like what you said about the full body too, about how people are so obsessed with doing these bodybuilding splits where they'll have like one day dedicated to back. And it's like, it's such a waste. And like how many back exercises, like I, I literally only do like when I do work back, I have two days where I do back exercises and I only do two exercises on both of those days for about three to four sets each. So I'm only doing like 16 total sets of back through the whole entire week. And like, there are people who will go in, on one back day and have like one back day a week and do like 25 to 30 sets of just back. And it's like, that's way too much. Like the half of your sets aren't even doing anything for muscle hypertrophy at that point. And you're just wasting your time and doing like combining, like I, I don't do full body, but I do upper and lower body. I always do upper and lower body. Um, and sometimes I do combine some upper body lifts with some lower body lifts on some days. Uh, but you burn so much more calories when you're doing like full body or upper and lower because you're doing more compound movements and you're not wasting as much time doing like 20 sets of bicep curls in one workout. Like that's ridiculous. And it's, it's not going to burn many calories. And once, once you get past like the fifth or sixth set, like you're using such low weights because you're so exhausted that it's not doing much and you're better off spreading that out, you know, in a week, and using higher weights and doing mostly compound stuff. Dude, hundred percent. It's like when I know I don't have time or like when I'm like, I need to be in and out of the gym. And like, first of all, I don't train over an hour. I, I, I used to do pretty competitive CrossFit, nothing like high level, but competitive for me. I did it for a long time. I trained my fucking ass off. It was stupid. Mm -hmm. I paid for it when I got done. Yeah. I think my hormones are still whack from it. And I've, I haven't even been done for a year. Like I can tell I showed, I show my buddy pictures all the time, like side by side. And he's like, Oh yeah, your body's fucked up. Like from when I used to do CrossFit and now I don't. And it's like, what are we really going to the gym for? You know what I'm saying? Like you should be in and out in 45 minutes unless like, you know, powerlifting's different. That's a, we're not even touching like based on the certain topics of what we should be doing. But like, if you're going to the gym, why are you going there? Okay. If you're there, cause you want to look freakishly crazy and have big arms and yeah you got those guys at the gym who pretty, pretty much just do arms and they're fat they're out they're out of shape and they have the biggest arms you can possibly do and they sit there all day for two hours and do biceps and, and triceps and don't do anything else and they finger they finger punch their phone and they talk to their friends for yeah. another 45 minutes you know what i'm saying but it's like agonist antagonist muscles push pull upper lower like mm -hmm. people like if you're going to the gym to get in shape that's why you should be going to the gym in to get in shape. Yeah. If you did Monday, Wednesday, Friday, full body days and check and checked your kitchen and checked your nutrition, you would see results like fuck, like in a month. I, I guarantee if you did it for 30 days, yeah. you didn't binge eat on the weekends, like in 30 days, you could probably see some awesome changes from doing full body. Yeah. I I agree 100 percent Full body and Splits are my favorite. Sometimes every so often I'll do like upper lower and then like an off day and then I'll do like push pull legs every so often. So I, I typically train five days a week, but 
I definitely manage my overall volume to where I'm not overdoing it. Like I'd rather divide it up between five days than have like one session in there where I'm doing 20 sets or something like that per muscle group, um, which is just ridiculous. And that's one reason why people think like they're like, go to the gym and hit full body Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like I do legs and I can't do legs. Like not me personally, but somebody else who's um, doing too much volume in one session. They'll be like, well, I do legs on Monday. There's no way I can recover enough to do legs again on Wednesday. Right. Well, if you cut that volume down to a reasonable amount where you're not overdoing it, then you can recover for it. And then, you know, you'll be able to get in three solid leg sessions in a week or hit legs three solid times in a week instead of just once a week. Yeah. Hey, Joe, push your, push your uh, headphones in a little bit. I think I'm getting some, I'm getting some feedback from you. Yeah. But that's a great, it's a, it's a great point to like, think of it this way too. It's like, if you, let's just take legs. Like you just said, do legs on a Tuesday. Like you should be able to feel that and you hit them again, like on a Friday or a Thursday, you know, like don't destroy them to the point where like you can't do them for the next week. Like you're not a bodybuilder. You don't need to go in and crawl out of the gym and not hit that till the next Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Like you should be able to hit every three to four days. You should be able to hit it again. Like that's let it recover. Let it break down your muscle, repair your muscle, let it recover, hit it again. Like somewhere along here, we've kind of lost that. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand why you go in on a Monday and it's national, you know, national chest day on a Monday and you don't touch it again until Monday. Like it doesn't, make any, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Like how many times a week do you deadlift or do variations of deadlifting? Uh, well, I'll do, I'll do a regular sumo deadlift Monday and then Wednesday, Wednesday I'll do uh, Romanian deadlift. Those are only two times I deadlift throughout the week actually. Um, just cause I, I was having issues the past couple of years. I think my piriformis and it acts up every time I deadlift. Uh, so I've been really trying to minimize as many times as deadlift, but even like twice a week is enough. And they're only separated by what one day in between. And I'm able to do Romanians two days after I'm doing heavy, like competition deadlifts. And that's because I'm not being stupid with my volume and I'm able to recover and have my nutrition on and everything like that. Um, but I do squat three times a week. I squat Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Holy shit. Um, and I I bench. I do, like, competition bench Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I also do some incline bench on Tuesday. But I, I, on Tuesday when I do bench, I only do two sets of incline. Um, so it's very minimal sets. Like, it's just divided up between the week because I feel like I recover better and I'm able to use heavier weights on those days though yeah no dude that that's good man like i think people need to be doing more of that even if they're not like at your even if like they're not at the level that you are like you lift pretty fucking heavy man like you you always put that on your story like people don't have to they don't have to lift that heavy but like it goes to show you if you're doing that and you can hit it more than two times a week like the average Joe can go in and hit that shit two times a week. You know what I'm saying? I think they'd get more benefit, you know, more calories burned. You're, you're, you're breaking down yeah. the muscle and rebuilding it faster again and again. You know, you're not just, you know, and I think that's like where the stigma comes in. Like people think they have to put in those hours and hours and hours in the gym per day when they really don't like, they really don't have to like go in, hit it, get out. And everything is grown in the kitchen, man. And I think like, 
I think that's a, that's something that we need to keep pushing out into the space. Um, I did have a question on the back of my head though that I wanted to ask you before we got off here was what got you into um, wanting to become an RD? I know we started talking about it before we started this podcast, but um, you actually didn't have plans on going into college, right? Yeah, no, no, I didn't. Is my mic good? Mic sound good? It's a little cracky, little crackly. Good now? Better? That's better. Need to invest in a fancy mic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I uh, never never planned to go to college. Uh, growing up, like nobody in my family ever went to college. And every time it was kind of brought up, they just always mentioned how we just don't really have the money to send you to college. Um, and, you know, growing up in a family or with parents who have never gone to college, like, you just don't know anything about it. It's kind of like a mystery, like the unknown. And, you know, it's obviously uncomfortable whenever you put yourself in the unknown. So I always was just like, yeah, I just won't go. I don't really know what I'm going to do with my life. I'm just in high school, going through the motions studying hard, getting good grades, like doing well in there, but I just didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And uh, then probably towards the end of junior year of high school, when they would always come in and talk to us about the ACT, applying to colleges, things like that. Uh, she uh, brought me to the side and she just asked me to kind of reconsider about the whole idea of college and think about actually going, just some potential in me. Um, so I really thank her for that, honestly. Um, because if she wouldn't have done that, I don't know if I would have ended up going down this path that I'm out, down right now, or at least going to college and, you know, getting myself out there. Um, but ended up applying. Part of it was because of her. Part of it was because everyone was really applying, and I I wanted to go out and kind of like find myself, just get away and figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, so I was a finance major for the first week. Um, at the University of Toledo, and I went to like two of the business classes, which is actually really funny. I went to two of the business classes, and they were all talking about entrepreneurs and everything. And I was like, "This isn't for me. Like, why am I in this?" And uh, I ended up switching to art um, that first semester because I, I've just always been pretty good at art, like growing up, and so it was one thing that I knew I was kind of good at. So I just decided it. Um, I did that first semester absolutely hated it um just <laughs> art art is something that's so subjective and like going in there and doing these projects and having a professor give me a grade of something that like i felt like i worked so hard at and put so much like detail in and hours in and then they give me like a b or something and then plus all of these you know really famous art paintings and stuff from these famous artists and it's like bald with an orange background looks like real could do this like in one, one second joe un just unplug your headphones you use your computer and switch switch back to your computer is it echoing though no you're good man okay that's better i think those headphones are garbage yeah they're yes so so go back to what you were saying about uh about art so just start that over again really quick Okay, yeah, so I did art for a semester, absolutely hated it, Hate, hated the idea of me putting hours into a project, getting like a B grade, and then the professor throwing up some famous painting by a famous artist that 
looked like a five-year-old could do it. It was just like a blob on a canvas or something. I was like, this is stupid. Like, why am I doing this? And uh, then that's when I switched to psychology. And psychology was always something that was interested, interesting to me. I always was intrigued by you know, why we make the decisions we do and kind of getting in people's heads. And I feel like I'm pretty good at reading people uh, to see like what's going on in their head. And so I did that. And that's what I actually graduated with my bachelor's uh, with at the University of Toledo with psychology. Um, but towards like the end of my senior year, I was thinking like, what am I going to do with this? Like a bachelor's in psychology, there's not a whole lot you can do. You kind of have to go on and get your either master's or PhD or um, psych D in order to actually be a psychologist and work with people. And what I wanted to do in that field was just learn more about why people make decisions on their eating habits, basically. So it w it was around like food and eating, um, but it wasn't that wasn't the sole focus. Um, but then towards the end of my senior year, I was thinking what I was going to do, and then I kind of stumbled on to the idea of being a registered dietitian. And like I said, my parents they never went to college, so like I didn't even know that was an option when I was in high school, or else maybe I would have originally went to school for nutrition um but I never knew it was an option until then figured out it was an option and I was like really getting into uh this kind of fitness and nutrition stuff I I really started my sophomore year of college getting into that stuff and had this big transformation for myself and uh um that's kind of the route I went I called Ohio University to see if like I could get into their program and what it included um and it actually kind of really worked out because I had to do things a little funky because I got into their graduate program, their master's program, but I didn't have my bachelor's in nutrition. So I actually did like all of their graduate courses and their undergraduate courses at the same time. Uh, so I kind of did like a bachelor's in nutrition and master's in nutrition at the same time. And uh, which was just ridiculous. Like it was, it was so hard and so many credit hours like 20 credit hours every semester on top of like being a GA and then uh, starting up this nutrition coaching thing um, but yeah I did that and started my internship next month and then about eight months into after the internship starts I'll be done and I'll be able to take the RD exam and uh, hopefully pass and <laughs> be the that's awesome, man. I love that. I love hearing, and that's exactly why I started this podcast, is I love hearing people with personal growth. And to, and it, it's life, man. You know, it's like one of those things, like, you had to do it. You had to squeeze that piece of coal, you know? Like, you had to turn something into a diamond. And like, look at this. Like, you're ready to go start the internship. You went from not even knowing, like, not even wanting to go to college to, like, now you did it. And, like, you're you're almost done. It's one of those things, like, if anyone takes anything off of this podcast, um, besides the fact that you should always have good headphones when, when you come onto my podcast, is the fact that listen to rewind that part and listen to what Joey said, man. Like he had to go through some shit to grow and he was doing multiple things at once. 20, 20 plus credit hours, you guys, that's fucking stupid, number one, but he did it. I mean, that's really ridiculous to do. And here he is, you know, like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Like you said, he started his business, he's got a podcast. He's got 
his private Facebook group. Like he's helping people ch make changes too. And he's working on himself at the same time. He hasn't quit any of that. If anything, you know, that little bit of adversity that he went through for the last couple of years, you know, is going to mold him into the man that he wants to be, you know? And so I just want to applaud you for that really quick because that's an amazing, amazing story. And I, I thank you for sharing that growth with us. And it just shows people that like, you know, just work a little harder at what you really want to do and make sure you're doing what the fuck you want to do. Right. Like yeah. don't be doing it for somebody else. Do it for you. You know, like your parents didn't go to college. Like they didn't tell you not to go. They weren't like, you shouldn't do that. Like, no, like they probably said, good luck. Like you should go do that. Like grow, go. If, that what you, if that's what you need to grow, make yourself into who you want to be like, go. And I think that's one thing too. Like School is a tricky sub subject I hate to get into, but it's like, if you're going to school, go for a reason, you know, like go for something, yeah. go and put 110 fucking percent into it, come out the other side with or without debt, however you want to look at it and kick some ass when you're done. And like, that's awesome for you to do that, man. Like, how does it feel now that like, there's kind of some light at the end of the tunnel? Oh man, it, it feels amazing. Like those three years were just extremely tough the three years of getting my master's at OU just doing all of that at once and it's like it was really really hard because the way it was set up it was weird like in order to be a GA I had to take so many graduate courses graduate level courses um so I was taking classes that typically you would take like three years after being in school for nutrition I was taking that like the first semester like I took metabolism before I took any basic chemistry or anything and so just like learning all those compounds how they interact and everything before even learning the basics of what those compounds even are it was it was you know all over the place really hard but it was 100% worth it like now I'm a year away from being able to call myself a registered dietitian and um it's funny because it, like eating healthy nutrition and everything and living even an active lifestyle is not something that's very popular in my family. Like same thing with college, like nobody in my family, like I grew up with very poor eating habits. Um, nobody in my family was very active and uh, paid attention to their nutrition much. So kind of like saw that and realized I wanted to kind of do something different for myself. So went the opposite direction. And uh, now I'm, you know, hoping uh, my influence can kind of help them change their behaviors too, obviously, because we want people around us close to us to uh, live long, healthy lives too. So That's awesome, man. I think that's a, it's a great thing to do and kind of, you know, show that flag, you know, wave it, wave that flag and show everyone in your family, you know, that it can be done. And especially everyone around you too. It's like, that shit like melts off of us, you know, like whatever we do, the closest people around us, they get some of that, you know, they, they, they get some of that residual. And I think we should always be putting our, our better foot forward, you know? I mean, you can even flip that coin on the other side if you're constantly negative and you're constantly eating like shit or you constantly, you're just like middle fingers up as you walk around, like the people around you, you're gonna A, attract that type of person and B, you're gonna give it off to those people around you, you know? So I think just putting like a good foot forward all the time, I think, I think you've done it, man. I think if you're constantly doing it and I love, I follow you, dude, I follow you. I follow all the pics of the dog and all your training sessions and everything. And I love what you're doing. You're getting in front of that camera more and I'm, you're really making a difference. You're really making a change. And I, I love that. Uh, I, I think I tweeted the other day. Um, when you start putting people before you, you can start like living your life. You know, I think that's a big thing too. Like it's not just all about us, man. And I think you get so much more from 
from helping others and putting them first, your life then becomes, you know, you're not in disarray anymore. You kind of like, I have fucking purpose, man. And that purpose like is positivity and that positivity is freedom. And I think we don't do that enough. You know, I think we put ourselves first all the fucking time in this day and age. And I don't think it like, it doesn't work. And people wonder why they're miserable and they wonder why things aren't moving forward for them. They wonder why their nutrition and their fitness and the lifestyle around them is failing. It's like, dude, you're all about yourself. Like every aspect of your life is for you. Like what have you, when's the last time you held a fucking door for somebody, you know, like think about that, man. So, you know, I think that's great, man. And I really want to end on that note, but I always ask, ask my guests one thing. Um, if you can tell anyone who's listening to this, one thing that they should be doing to live a better and more active lifestyle, whether it's nutrition, fitness, or a lifestyle or a mindset change, what is one or two or maybe even three things that you can wrap this podcast up for me and give out some kind of good actionable items that someone can take today when, they, when this is over, they can take it and start acting on it right away? Include about a palm size of protein at every single meal. That's a big one. A lot of people do not eat enough protein for how active they live and their body composition goals. Um, and even just staying overall healthy, like protein is going to make you feel so much more full when you include it every meal. It's going to help regulate your appetite a little more. Um, and you know, you're going to have a higher quality of life if you're able to kind of maintain a healthier body weight and uh, have more muscle mass on your body. Um, second one is to just just do like go do stuff don't just sit in your house all day every day um you know maybe a lot of people like deal with depression and they end up just sitting inside all the time and they don't feel like doing anything but once you actually get out get outside go do something with your family like i said go on a walk go on a hike just keep yourself busy the busier you are the more you're gonna just be moving and not really realize it and that's gonna drastically increase you know your quality of life and your overall health markers and um, how many calories you burn each day. And that in itself just gives you a little more flexibility on what foods you can eat too. The more calories you burn and it's not like to go out and exercise like crazy to do it, but the more active you are, you're just able to have more flexibility in your life. Um, and then third, uh, just, I don't know, have fun. Like, don't don't be too serious don't take everything too seriously like unless you're a professional athlete and your life literally depends on being i don't know the best in the world at running 100 meters or something or um unless you're a professional bodybuilder who actually gets paid and your life depends on being five percent six percent body fat like don't stress if you're you know you're at the 15 to 20 percent body fat range as long as you're healthy like if you're healthy uh, don't take it too seriously. Um, if you feel confident and you're able to perform well and you feel good every single day, that's what matters as long as you know you have good friends and family around you that you love and they love you. So, Dude, I fucking love it. That was like the best three minutes of the whole podcast right there. <laughs> Becoming 1% better every day is definitely something we strive for here on this podcast and amongst every lifestyle channel that we can even think of. And I think, uh, I think that was the whole podcast was summed up perfectly right there. And you guys listen to what Joey said and rewind that last part. Like I said before, he really laid down some really awesome actionable chunks there at the end. Um, hey, Joey, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, what's your podcast and where can they find you at on Instagram and stuff like that? 
Yeah. So my uh, Instagram is joey.thrivebynutrition. Um, you can even find me on Twitter if you have Twitter. I know not that many people do anymore. I don't really know. Um, but uh, jgas underscore UTS is my Twitter. Um, and then uh, you can obviously search me on Facebook, Joseph Michael Gas. And uh, I also have a podcast, Thrive My Nutrition Podcast. You can search me on SoundCloud. Um, and the link is also uh, in my Instagram bio if you can't find it through there. Um, but yeah. Thank you so much for being on, man. You guys, when you do listen to this podcast, when you listen back, please take a screenshot um, of your phone and put it on your story. Give us a shout out. We will both say what's up and we both put you on our story also as a huge thank you to us. We do love each and every one of you guys. Um, without you, we could not do what we do every single day and that is to give back to each and every one of you. Um, we love you guys so much. Please leave a five-star rating that really helps us move up through the ranks. You guys go over and listen to Joey's podcast. Also, dude's got it going on, you guys. Keep in, he puts everything on his Instagram. You can follow him, follow his story, follow his lifestyle, and really change yours as well if, you are in the, if you're in that red zone and you're not really feeling that good. But Joey, my man, thank you so much. Can't wait to have a beer with you and actually shake your hand, man. Dude, thank you so much for having me on here. And I'm definitely going to have you on my podcast sometime soon. And we're going to kill it on there too. So Awesome, man. Th you guys, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for being on, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Talk to you later.